Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is brought to you by Aspiration. At Aspiration, their investment strategies are built for the middle class. Signing up takes as little as $500 in five minutes of your time. You can sign up and find out more information at aspiration.com slash smart people. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. There is no guarantee that any investment product will achieve its objectives, generate profits, or avoid losses. Investing involves risk of loss and alternative investments may not be suitable for everyone. Before investing, consider your investment objectives. The podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Welcome to smartpeoplepodcast.com. Hello and welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy all of our curious minds. Thanks for joining me. I'm Chris Stemp and got a good one for you today. We're going to teach you how to be rich, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I think the new the new version of being rich, monetarily, but and also to have that feeling of richness and even more so to, to give to the world. You know, as many of you know, I recently had a son. He's about six weeks old. And I was holding him last night, kind of just walking around the house. And I thought, you know, if if I don't teach this kid how to provide value in the world, if I don't help him to become a positive force in society, then what have I done as a father? What have I provided this world as a lasting legacy? In my own life, I've, I've tried to provide value to others and really be a giver it's a whole new level when you think about leaving that legacy for your children. It's kind of that exponential impact you can have on the world. Well, it's so interesting that then the very next day today on the show, I have a chance to interview a guy who this is his life's mission, his message. He's spoken all over the world. He's written best-selling books on this. His name is Bob Berg. And Bob wrote a book called The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Now, that's just one of the books he's written. Perhaps he's best known for uh, endless referrals. Um, he's written some other books as well recently, but they all kind of surround this idea of giving and value. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know we've covered this on a number of occasions, right? We had Jay Bear, who wrote Utility. We had Adam Grant, who wrote Give and Take. We talked to Dan Pink, To Sell as Human, which covers this. Um, but Bob did it a while ago. You know, this book came out in 2007 and he's got a way with words. Not that they didn't, but it's just, it's been great to, to learn this message in different ways because I truly think it's necessary. And I also think it gets tough to know, well, if I provide value, when do I get to ask for money? You know, when do I get to, that's great. I can give, but how do I get rich? And we cover that in this episode. Bob speaks for corporations and associations internationally, including Fortune 500 companies, franchises, and numerous direct sales organizations. He regularly addresses audiences ranging in size from 50 to thousands, tens of thousands. 
He's even presented to people such as Olympic athletes and a former United States president. And I would also like to say thank you to Deborah for reaching out to us on Twitter and including Bob and asking if we would interview him. Deborah is at UImageConsult on Twitter. Hope you don't mind we gave that out. Of course, you would want more followers, I would think. And uh, we really appreciate the connection. If you guys would like to recommend people to have on the show, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Even reach out to them um, the way Deborah did. So thanks for that. Going to get into our interview here. Please find us at smartpeoplepodcast.com. Leave a rating and comment on iTunes if you like the show. We'd love to hear from you. And hope you continue to enjoy it. I think this is a great one. Here it is, our interview with Bob Berg. All right, Bob. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm, I'm really excited to get into this topic and talk about your book, which is you know, a bestseller. It's been translated in, I think, over 20 languages. It's sold tons of copies. It's really a staple, and really it should be in anyone's library, and that is The Go-Giver. So congratulations on the success, and thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Very appreciated. So obviously by the title, we can kind of figure out what The Go-Giver is about. And I talked about it a little bit in the intro, really providing value. And my first question was, what what prompted you to really dedicate your life to spreading this message of, you know, the more people you provide value to, just the better off you'll be entirely, financially, personally, you know, emotionally, all that. What prompted you to, to dedicate your life to this? Well, I think it's a basic success principle, and I'm a, a huge student of success. Uh, I love studying successful people. I love studying successful methodologies. And it, it's just so interesting and fascinating to me that the way life works is that the more value you provide to others, the more you're going to benefit. And it's not a matter of doing one so that you'll get the other. It's that you do the one and the other comes as a as a natural result. Now, in the business sense, this works more in a free market-based economy where no one is forced to buy from you, where, where no one's forced to do business with you. So in order to earn someone's trust, in order to earn someone's business, you've got to focus on providing value to them. I, I often, when I'm speaking at a sales convention, I'll start out by just sort of jokingly saying, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to me. And everybody laughs because we know it's true. No one's <laughs> going to buy from us because we need them to buy from us. They're going to buy from us because they see more value in doing so than in not doing so. So it simply makes sense that the more you focus on bringing value or giving value to others, the more people are going to do business with you. Now, this also hap- this also works in terms of personal relationships. It it, it works and it works all across the board. They're they're simply universal laws. So. I know, as I mentioned, you know, you've written this book, you've written another, a number of other books that kind of have a similar theme. You speak. How did you start out? Where, you know, give us a little idea of your background. I'm always fascinated to hear, how did you get to this status? Did you always want to write? Were you more interested in business? Well, I, first, I, I was very fortunate to uh, have great parents who uh, were, to me, the you know the embodiment of people who just live their lives in a, a go giver type of way. Even though that's not the the word I would have you know necessarily used because I didn't know the the term at, at that time. But they always, you know, they always brought value to others. They always made people's lives better just by being around them. They started off poor and, and ended up being very successful entrepreneurs and very successful parents who are adored by their children to this day. And and so uh, that was so that was a, a good break for me <laughs> to, to be uh, to be uh, born of them. And uh, growing up, I I wanted to be a broadcaster. And I actually began uh, my professional career as a radio sportscaster and then a, a newscaster on a small ABC affiliate uh, television station in the in the Midwest. I, really, though, I was not a good newscaster. I was probably the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> um, I could read the news. That was that was easy. But I was 24 years old. Uh, I was 
not particularly interested in the news. I was certainly not a journalist. Uh, in fact, I, I even then kind of reminded myself of the uh, uh, if you remember the 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 movie. Uh, Ghostbusters, where oh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver's character said to Bill Murray's character, uh, you look more like a game show host. And and that would have been me. I'd have been a much better game show host than a newscaster. And so it, was, it wasn't before long I was not in broadcasting anymore. And I, as I like to say, I graduated into sales. Mm. Now, the problem I had was that I knew nothing about sales. So I floundered uh, for the first few months. Now, the, the motivation was there. The intent was there. But as, as the late Jim Rohn would have, would have probably described me, I had the motivation. I didn't have the information. And y- you can't really be successful having one without the other. Now, fortunately, what happened, and this is 35 years ago now, I was in a um, – bookstore and this is again 35 years ago mm-hmm. this is back in the day when bookstores the major feature of a bookstore was uh books <laughs> and, not coffee right, shops right rather than coffee right exactly <laughs> exactly and so i came across a book by the name of how to master the art of selling by tom hopkins and the book is a, a classic today uh it, it was just getting big at the time but just seeing the title gave me gave me encouragement because the the art of selling you mean there's an art to this there's something more because the training where i was at where i started it was negligible at best <laughs> and so i i didn't know i just thought you go in you talk about your products you try right yeah of course that's the opposite of what you do hmm. uh you, you listen you don't more than talk but i didn't know that so anyway I, I got mr hopkins book and i just really studied it in fact i just tore it apart for three weeks studying it uh every night late into the night and Within three weeks, my sales began to go through the roof. Now, the the interesting thing here to me is that there was absolutely no difference in where I was three weeks earlier than three weeks afterwards when I started to all of a sudden have the confidence and the ability. And then, but I had a system. There was a system for doing it. Now, I define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. In other words, the key is predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and you'll get the desired results of B. And that's why even today, I'm a, or, or especially today, I'm a, a huge believer in not reinventing the wheel or trying to reinvent the wheel in the first place. It's probably already been invented. Uh, but instead, tapping into what's already been done by people who've already done it. And as long as their values are congruent with yours, uh, then, then simply duplicating what they've done in order to get the same results. And I, I then began to study people like Zig Ziglar, who became a hero of mine, and and others at the, at the time who were the big sales guys. I started to uh, go to seminars and learn as much as I can. And I've been a continual student of sales and personal development since that time. So what do you think it is about kind of sales, right, selling, that magnifies this this idea of providing value it's a perfect platform in my opinion i just i'm so interested to hear kind of you know it's not like oh i was a ceo and realized my company needed to do this it's hey i was selling and here's where i where i figured it out right and and as i was and that's a great point because as i was as i was starting to grow in sales one reason was because i was reading books that weren't even about sales, I would start reading the Think and Grow Rich, you know, by Napoleon Hill, uh, the Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, uh, Psycho Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. I mean, these are books and, and many others that had nothing to do, uh, you know, in, in an outward way with sales. It does, but not, but not, not inherently. Inherently, it's about building ourselves and becoming the type of person who can then be an effective salesperson. Uh, really, when you think about sales and, and why it's such a, a, a metaphor in itself for, for success and, and for service is because selling by its very nature simply means or, or it really can be defined as discovering what someone wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. That's what selling is. 
Uh, many people think of selling in a very backwards way. They think selling is trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need. That's not selling. That's being a con artist. Okay, Selling is, is about the other person, not about yourself. It's about finding out, discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. Well, how do you do that? You do that through asking questions. You do that through listening. You do this through understanding their thought processes and how human nature works, what people are trying to obtain. Um, and you, you do this by learning how to connect the benefits of your product or service with that other person's wants, needs, or desires. So everything about the selling process means first, you've got to become a better person a more effective person in order to do this effectively. It also means you must truly and totally focus on bringing value to others. One of my heroes, Harry Brown, used to say that in a free market-based economy, profit is simply the result of pleasing another human being. I love that. Now, you mentioned there a number of books really quickly. And so, first of all, we will link to those books uh, on the post at smartpeoplepodcast.com. But I'm interested to hear, do you have a favorite? Do you have one, you know, outside of the ones you've written, obviously, which we're going to get into, that you recommend to people or do you have a couple or an author, anything like that? Well, the books I've written are not my favorite books because I can't learn as much from them. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> you know, but um, there's other books aside from the ones I mentioned. There are books such as, uh, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is another one that should just be in everyone's library and should be read constantly again and again and again. And it's one of those books that you can pick up every few months and just just go to any page and it's going to probably be exactly what you need to read. I know that happens with me all the time when I pick that up. Then there's a book many people haven't heard about. It's it's I don't know, maybe my all-time favorite, I'm not sure, but but uh, among among the top uh, top uh and it's by Orison Sweat Martin. He's actually a per the person. He was the founder of the original Success magazine. And he was he's known by many as the father of the modern day personal development movement. And uh, he wrote in 1900, I believe it was, a book called Peace, Power and Plenty. And it's all about the mind. And it's all and it's written just in such a fantastic way. I've got one of the original copies. I, I, I wouldn't even make notes in the book or highlighter. I, I, I did them all on sticky notes and then put the sticky notes in the book because I it, the, the book is just too precious itself to even write in. Wow. But um, uh, but that's a book that is just such a fantastic book. Every line just has wisdom in it that oh, it just, would just blow you away. I can't wait to look into that. I love kind of finding ones that I've never heard of. Yeah. And yeah. and I want to get back to kind of what you were talking about prior to that, this the sales and, you know, listening and asking questions with a, a little story that I just it illustrated it so perfectly for me. About six years ago I took a job at a startup just because I wanted to learn the startup life. And I took a job as an inside salesman, even though I took a cut in pay from I was doing finance prior and all this. And they, they were they taught all these sales techniques and instead I said, you know what? I'm just going to go talk to these people on the phone and I, I enjoy things, right? I'm very curious. So when I would talk, they were all small business owners. So I would start asking them about their business, you know, oh, how do you do that? How did you start that? What was your business model? How did, you know, how much did it cost? What was your funding? Blah, blah, blah. And I was crushing it. And people were like, man, you're really good at this. And I found it took, I mean, honestly, it took a year to figure out why it was because they were kind of reading off this script and telling the 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 service, you know, here's what we do. And I was having a 30-minute conversation, and at the end, I'd be like, oh, well, here's what we do if, if it's something you find interesting. And that was it. And so it was like I came upon it in a way that I just wanted to learn about them genuinely and ended up having success that way. Well, what what you were doing was exactly – what the best salespeople do. You are genuinely, authentically, totally focused on them. Yeah. And they understood that. And that makes such a huge difference. And when this is the case, when someone knows you genuinely care about them and really wanting to know about them, they begin to know you, like you, and trust you. And, and my 
probably my mantra, if you will, when it comes to, to sales is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Mm. And, you know, there's no, there's no faster, more powerful, more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by taking the, and here's what you did, which was so brilliant, than by taking the focus off of yourself, moving from what we call an I focus or me focus to an other focus, uh, stepping outside yourself. Uh, in the, in the go-giver, uh, um, Sam says to Joe, it's about making your win about the other person's um, win. Mm -hmm. And that's what you were doing. All right. Let's take a quick break for a moment from our newest sponsor, Animoto. Animoto has such a cool product. Stick around. Listen to this. So there are 4 billion video views a day on YouTube. The world loves video. It's the best way to share special life moments or to tell what your company is all about. But the problem is video has been hard to produce. Well, Animoto has changed that completely and wants you to give their video maker a try and see for yourself how easy it is. Animoto is drag and drop, so you can build videos by just dragging and dropping, and it gives you everything you need to produce professional videos in minutes. So visit Animoto.com slash smart people, and you will not only get a free 14-day trial, but if you use the promo code smart people, you'll get 15% off. As you guys know, I help run a nonprofit, and specifically I'm the VP of marketing. So we've been trying to create a promotional video on a budget for quite some time. So when we found out Animoto was going to sponsor the show and I got to talk to their team, I thought, what a perfect platform. So we now are using Animoto to create short videos to explain what our nonprofit does, and it saves me time and money and makes me look good, like I know what I'm doing. So again... Give it a try. Visit Animoto.com slash smart people and you can sign up for a free 14-day trial. When you're ready to purchase, just use the promo code smart people and get 15% off an annual pro subscription. Thanks and back to our show. Yeah, it's so funny just because, and I say that only to highlight the fact that, you know, for the longest time, my mom would be like, oh, you should be in sales. And I said, no, I hate convincing people of things. Like, I really feel uncomfortable about that. And it took so long to realize that that's not it. And that was the only reason I was telling that. And that's the one of the main stories or lessons behind your book and your message. And I just, you know, can say from experience, like, that works. So if you're sure. in a position where you can flip that switch, do it. And, you know, we also, on the show, we had Dan Pink. And, uh, he, you well. know, he wrote To Sell as Human. And that book opened my eyes because... The idea that he said, you know, the buyer now has oftentimes more information than the seller. You know, he said, imagine when you go buy a car, you know more about that one individual model than the, the car salesman selling it. I thought that was genius. Yo, know, I thought Dan's book was was fantastic. He's such a, a great thinker. And in his book, Drive, which may have been his first book. I think and, it was. Yeah, and, and he talked about really what motivates people, and he talked about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And it makes so much sense because when you really get to understand human nature, you realize that, that, that people want to feel good about themselves. They want to feel important. They want to feel like they're making a contribution. And it, it's it, when you talk about leadership, uh, you look at the different types of leaders there are. There are the, the leaders who try to control through making people comply with their wishes. And it, it's not that you can't get to a certain level of success through doing that, but you're never going to attain the kind of success as a leader as when you're able to elicit commitment from others. And commitment from others only takes place when they know you genuinely care about them and their interests. You know, Dale, referring back to Dale Carnegie again uh, in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People, what I believe is the foundational premise of that book is when he wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. 
So in my opinion, the greatest influencers, the greatest salespeople, the greatest leaders are always questioning themselves. They're, they're asking, how does, you know, how does what I'm asking this person to do align with their goals, right? Their wants, their needs, their desires. How does what I'm asking this other person, how does what I want this other person to do align with their values, and when asking ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, uh, again, going back to, to, to you earlier, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, not at all, but as a way to build everyone in the process, now we've come a long way toward earning that compliance. And there's a huge, di- uh, excuse me, commitment. And there's a huge difference between compliance and commitment. A great friend of mine, a, a fantastic leader, she's such a, a wonderful, wonderful person. Her name is Dondi Scumachi. And I, I love what Dondi says about this. I think it's so brilliant. She says, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to influence, um, compliance will never take you where commitment can go. Hmm. Compliance will never take you where commitment can go. I think we've all, or at least hopefully, we've all had the boss that, uh, you know, elicits commitment. I know I've had commitment and compliance, and, well, I was at the commitment one a lot longer. So, I I mean, I I love your principles because I've seen them in action, and they've never been, you know, I never heard them so succinctly or concisely or just, just... you know, perfectly. So I I really enjoy that because they stick in your mind. You know, one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you is because in the past we've had, we've had guests on speaking on a similar topic. For example, we had uh, Jay Bear who wrote a book called Utility. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Adam Grant who wrote Give and Take, you know? And so it's really, um, and, and I was thinking, man, there's a lot of people in this space, but their books came out a year or two ago. I believe it was 2013, you know, and yours came out in 2007. Not that it was, I'm sure, you know, you could go back to the year one and, Mm. and this idea was there, but, but I feel like the, um, this theme didn't start arriving until even after your book. So what do you think has provided that that switch where now you have people such as Adam Grant writing about it, even though you did it years and years ago? Well, Adam took it to a, a whole a different and, and Adam hadn't read The Go-Giver at the time that he wrote uh, Give and Take. Oh, wow. He was actually <laughs> told about it uh, by by my publisher, who was in a different division of, of his publisher. So uh, and, and we become great friends since then. And he's just such a, a fantastic human being very talented. And of course, he took the whole psychology of it to a, a whole new level. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I think you make the point. The, these principles have been around forever. And I think the successful people have always applied them. In fact, when when John David Mann, my awesome co-author uh, of The Go-Giver, when, when the book first came out, we were both getting emails from people uh, who were saying, that the, I, I guess you could say our the initial adopters, if you will, of, of the book and of the story were from the already successful people. Uh, these were corporate uh, leaders. These were people who'd built huge organizations. These were hugely successful salespeople saying, yeah, this is what I've been doing. What your book did was just, you know, uh, give me affirmation that it, that I was right, you know, and, and this is what I've been trying to tell people to do, and that, yeah, which is really funny. Now, what happened was And what that tells me is that what we wrote is nothing new. We may have given names to the laws and put it in story form, but but nothing original, certainly. What happened, though, was six months later is when we started getting emails from the people who maybe were potentially successful but had not yet realized the kind of success they wanted, and they had heard about the book from their mentors and their leaders and you know we started realizing that hundreds of books were being bought by these people by these leaders and putting them through their companies and all these different yeah it, it was a great feeling but what it told me was there's always that percentage a smaller percentage but that percentage of people who are already doing this this was nothing new to them at all but what happened is they've been such they were such great ambassadors of the story that they were sharing it with others and then people were finding that if they would just make that shift in focus from themselves to to 
bringing value to others on an ongoing, consistent basis, then they were finding their their success just just jumping. And and that was a uh, that was a, a neat neat thing. I, I really want to dive into the idea of the go giver um, for a number of reasons. Primarily, I will say that, for example, this podcast, right? We started it off and continued to do it simply out of our own curiosity and the the joy we get from bringing it to others. And so, okay, I feel like that's great. But we've been putting in, say, four or five years. We've never really put out a product. We've tried a little bit to figure out how can we help more people. And it just seems tough, right? We're like, man, I, I feel like we're giving value, but, you know, we're basically working for free. So I'm really interested in kind of how you translate the go-giver into also a profitable business model and what that looks like. Well, I think in a sense there are, are two different two different ideas here. Um, one is, I mean, with a, a podcast, that's something that, that while a lot of people make, uh, you know, have a, a very, uh, profitable podcast, they're able to monetize their podcast. A lot of people utilize a podcast as sort of a lead in to their other work. And so even though their podcast isn't profitable on the front end, it leads to great profits on the back end. However, I don't think that needs to be one or the other. There are people like uh, Jared Easley. Uh, there are people like uh, John Lee Dumas. There are other people who actually teach on how to make your podcasts huge moneymakers on the front end. In fact, my business partner, Kathy Tajanel, and I are going to be attending a, a, a seminar. They're doing a three-day event in Fort Worth uh, coming up in a couple months because we just want to learn how to do that because we, we would like to have a podcast ourselves. And, and we like the idea of being able to monetize it because we're big believers that when you provide value to the marketplace, uh, you've earned the right to receive financial compensation. But again, it depends on the business model itself. Some things are meant as front-end lead-ins to develop the relationship that then that then leads to uh, profit. Others are front-end profit, and others are others are both. Uh, I think you guys do a great job with your podcast, and I'd love to see you monetizing your podcast on the front end as well because you're providing so much value to so many people. Now, in terms of the question about uh, about how do we take a, a, a go-giver philosophy and make that profitable, the go-giver philosophy is profitable by its very nature because by the because when you do business with another person and you charge a fee for doing business – uh, both parties win. In a free market, again, in a free market type of exchange, both parties profit through that exchange. Let's say, let's take the first law from the go-giver, uh, which is the law of value, which says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this sounds unprofitable, but it's not at all. We simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar amount. It's a dollar figure. It's finite. It, it simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, opportunity, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to that person that they will willingly exchange their money for that and feel great about it while the salesperson or, or business person makes a profit. How do you give more in value than you take in payment so that the other person's happy and you're making a profit? Well, let's look at an accountant and let's say that you hire an accountant to do your taxes. And this accountant charges you, and we're just going to name a round figure, uh, $1,000. That's his, his fee for doing your taxes or literally his price, $1,000. But what kind of value does he give you in exchange? Well, First, through his years of hard work, learning his craft, his diligence, his focus on you and your business, learning how your business works, learning your needs, your desires, what you're looking to accomplish, he's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. Uh, he also saves you countless hours of time uh, that free you up to do what you'd rather be doing and or can be more productively doing. He also provides you and your family with the uh, with the peace of mind and security of knowing it was done correctly. So first, what we see here is that while price, again, is finite, uh, 
value is both concrete in terms of the $5,000 savings, which we can easily get our arms around, but it's also conceptual in terms of that feeling of peace of mind, which perhaps holds even more actual value than the money saved. So what he did is he gave you, this accountant gave you well over $5,000 in value or use value in exchange for a $1,000 price or cash value. He gave you more in value than he took in payment, so you feel fantastic about it. And he made a very, very healthy profit because to him, for the work he did, charging $1,000 is well worth it. So you both profited from the exchange. But it all came back to focus. Uh, his focus on you, not on the money, his focus on you and pleasing you, making you happy, this is, is, is where it started. This is why we say that money is an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, which simply means that the value must come first and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. Does that make sense? It does. And, you know, I, I have a follow-up to that, which is, would you say that in, a, in an exchange of value, um, when you're focusing on the customer, whoever that may be, if at the end of the day, perhaps you don't save them $5,000, right? Perhaps it's something different, uh, <laughs> providing an experience or sure, exactly. whatever. But you focused on them and you leave them without, although a monetary gain, say the emotional gain, whatever that might be, and you're well, charging the, for that. Yeah, in the book, remember, it was uh, it was Ernesto's uh, Italian Cafe. Right, right. That's what I was right. thinking, yeah. Right, and that was an expensive dining experience, mm -hmm. but the experience itself was fantastic. Not only was the food cooked to perfection, but the service was amazing. You were made to feel like a million bucks, the ambience, so you could spend 150 bucks. But if you come away feeling like you got thousands and thousands of dollars worth of value, then, you know, there you go. And now a quick word from one of this week's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash smart people. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash smart people. lynda.com is for the problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. Some of the courses that I recommend this week are growth hacking fundamentals, getting things done, and bootstrapping your business. Personally, I've been enjoying the responsive design fundamentals with James Williamson. When you think about it, every website and web project has to work across multiple devices now. Not just desktop computers, not just laptop computers, but also smartphones. And in this course, you learn about what responsive design is, how to utilize it using HTML, CSS. It's absolutely phenomenal. The videos are great. Explanations are great. I highly recommend you try it out. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. You can also learn at your own pace. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces. So listen up. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com slash smart people and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash s-m-a-r-t-p-e-o-p-l-e. lynda.com slash smart people. And, and that's why I love the, that way of describing value because it, you know, a lot of people can understand, well, if I save five grand and I pay a thousand, then that's valuable. But looking at even that, I, I never forget, you know, Seth Godin, the sure. entrepreneur. Oh, so yeah. we had him on the show. He was great. And I read a post of his where he was talking about the placebo effect. And he mm -hmm. said, even the placebo effect is valuable. And he used the, the example of wine. He said, look, say you, you are a restaurant and you just, you know, you have a really high margin on wines. So you get a bottle of wine for 50 bucks. You sell it for 
400 I don't know. And but the people buying it do that for emotional reasons, right? They're they they want to feel like they're enjoying the finer things in life. This is a, a big event for them. This is a big client sale. The placebo effect of them thinking, I got this ex- very expensive, amazing bottle of wine might actually still be valuable to them. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, uh, you know, he put it obviously much more eloquently, but I thought that was a really interesting point. Well, I thought you put it eloquently as well, and, <laughs> and it is a great point. I, I think what we've always got to remember, and this is the key, that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we find is valuable. It's not what we think they should find valuable about the product or service. It's about what they find valuable. And as long as we focus on that, then our focus is in the right place. So, you know, I want to get back to you because I think this is important. We don't have to cover them all. I highly recommend for everyone, get the book. It's it's told in story form, which makes it easily digestible. And the five laws of stratospheric success are really great. We just covered the law of value. I also found the law of compensation really interesting. Could you touch on that a little bit for us? Sure. Well, this takes it to the next level because the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we add this kind of exceptional value to, the more money with which we'll be rewarded. If we go back to our accountant again, he who did a great job of giving you more in value than he took in payment, if you're his client, the chances are you feel great about him, you would do business with him again, and you would probably refer him to others. Well, his other clients most likely feel the same way. So our accountant is very quickly amassing what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. And as he continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people, his income will continue to grow and grow. As Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story, told Joe, the protege, while law number one, the law of value, is important, um, it represents only your potential income. It's really not enough to serve just one person with excellence. Uh, law number two, the law of compensation, this this represents your actual income because it has to do with impact, how many lives you've impacted with that value. We could almost combine laws one and two and say exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation. You talk about, you know, significant reach. I mean, I, I forget who said this, but I'll never forget what they said. They said, you know, people who tell me as long as one person benefits from my message, I did my job. He said, people that tell me that I don't understand. Because if I can tell that same message to a million and help them, I'd much rather do that than just that one person. And I think that's so great, right? Because a lot of people go, oh, if one person gets what I'm doing, then I, then I did my job. And it's like, well... Did you, <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. It's not exactly a complete, it's not exactly mission complete because right. you know you haven't touched as many lives as you as you could with it. And there's a statement you made earlier that I want to come back to, and I might not have the quote exactly right, but you said, when you provide value, you earn the right to get paid from the marketplace to, to take some compensation. And right. I think that tends to be a holdup of mine and a lot of people who really get this 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 idea of being a giver or providing value is the holdup of like, well, but now I'm getting paid or I'm asking for money. I think about, you know, about a year ago, we started doing sponsorships on the podcast. And I was like, I don't know. So we started making some money. I said, I don't know, you know, making people sit through a minute or two minutes of this. And uh, my co-host and producer said, we've been doing this for four years, you know, 45 minutes a week. It's it's two minutes and it's good products. Let's just do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. So yeah. so what do you mean by that when you say you kind of earn the right to extract some some payment? Yeah, and, and I'm not sure if it's extracting as much as just allowing yourself to receive it. And oh, there this, you go, yeah. And this is, this is the law of receptivity. This is law number five, which says the key to effective giving is to allow yourself to receive uh, what do we mean by that? Well, in the story near the end, uh, it'd be open to receiving. In the um, 
uh, in the end, of the, near the end of the story, Pindar, the main mentor, asks Joe, the protege, to breathe out and hold that breath to the count of 30. Joe tries, but in very quick time, he's already running out of breath, running out of uh, air. And uh, Pindar says, what's the matter, Joe? Can't, can't do it. And Joe says, well, no, I can't just breathe out. I've also got to breathe in. And Pindar jokingly said, well, what if I was to tell you it's been proven, it's been medically proven that it's actually healthier to breathe out than it is to breathe in? And Joe laughed. He said, that's silly. You, one's not better. That You can't do one and not the other. You've got to do both. And, and, and of course, that's the answer. You can't just breathe out. Uh, you've also got to breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. Because of the many negative messages we receive from the world, whether it's, whether it's a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, certainly news media, uh, certainly television shows and movies, where so much of it is, is sort of looked at as there are two types of people. There are the good people who are poor and the bad people who are rich. And the rich are always taking it. The rich get make their money on the backs of the poor, and you know all of these these horrible, horrible stories it, that you know people can easily let it seep into their unconscious, and that's the key. It's it's in it's unconscious that you know money is some bad thing. It, it's representative of something bad. Well, it's not true at all. Again, in a free market, the only way you can make money. The only way you can make money is through providing value to others that others will and, and others willingly choose to buy. It's the only way it can happen. And so what happens is people often think that giving and receiving are opposite concepts, but they're not. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin. They work together in tandem. It's not a matter of am I a giver? or a receiver. We want people to, to, to say, I'm a giver and a receiver. The key is this. When you focus on the giving of value, when you focused on the giving, you've earned the right, not the entitlement, the right to receive. But you must allow yourself to do so. And if not, then the, the chances are there's a kind of an unhealthy relationship with money going on. And again, it's in the unconscious. It's, it's subconscious in nature. And it's not anyone's fault. The fact is, we've been inundated with the money is bad, uh, as Randy Gage would say, meme or mind virus for so long that that we just begin to believe it. So we've got to consciously study prosperity and 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 put these thoughts, proactively put these good thoughts about money and about wealth and about wealth creation and value creation and receptivity into our minds. I was I was just in a state of flow listening to that, to be honest. That was really well put. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm probably going to listen to that about five more times because uh -huh. I actually have even been told like, oh, you know, it might be a relationship you have with money. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, but... I just that was great. I appreciate that. Thank you. And Bob, I think that's a great place to end. I I really appreciate your time. The book, The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea is really incredible. I had a chance to read it prior to this interview and it's sitting right next to me. It'll be a staple on my bookshelf and we'll link to that. Is there anywhere else that, you know, people love this idea. They love learning about how to just be more valuable in the world. Where else can they find you, learn about you? I know you have other books, et cetera. Best thing is just to visit Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. And while they're there, they can subscribe to my Influence and Success Insights if they'd like. They can check out the blog and they can connect with me online. All of that is through the, uh, the homepage. They can also get chapter one of The Go-Giver and of some of my other books if they'd like uh, and then decide if they like it, then, then click through. Oh, and, and what is your Twitter handle? Because that's how we found you. For those that yes. are listening that don't know, um, a, a follower of ours just said, hey, I heard Bob speak. You have to have him on the show. He's great. And so that was a lot of fun. So you're active on Twitter. Where can people connect with you? What's that uh, handle? Uh, yes, it's at Bob Berg, at B-O-B-B-U-R-G. Easy enough. And we'll, we'll list that on the post as well. Bob, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, congratulations on your success. And uh, and, and thanks again.
My pleasure. Keep doing all the great work you're doing. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's conversation with Bob Berg. Don't forget, you can pick up Bob's book, The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea at your local bookstore and on Amazon. And if you're heading over to Amazon to pick up his book, please remember to use our Amazon banner over at smartpeoplepodcast.com or the convenient link smartpeoplepodcast.com slash Amazon. It's the easiest way to support the show and it comes to no cost to you. And we appreciate it every time you use that link. So thank you very much. If you'd like to reach out to Chris or I for any reason, whether you want to recommend a guest for a future episode or just want to chat about podcasting or really anything, please shoot us an email at smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. I do have a favor to ask of you this episode. If you could, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a rating and review for the podcast. It truly does help us out. So each and every one of you that does it, it really does mean the world to us. So thank you. Stay tuned. We've got some awesome episodes coming up and we will see you all next week. Thank you again to Aspiration for sponsoring Smart People Podcast. Check them out and sign up at aspiration.com slash smart people. Aspiration's motto is do well and do good. Again, go to aspiration.com slash smart people. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. There is no guarantee that any investment product will achieve its objectives, generate profits, or avoid losses. Investing involves risk of loss and alternative investments may not be suitable for everyone. Before investing, consider your investment objectives.